HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. At Whole Foods Market, we offer premium products without premium prices. Our everyday value items are free of artificial preservatives, colors, flavors, sweeteners, and hydrogenated fats. Priced competitively to average supermarket prices, the 365 Everyday Value brand offers food that meets our strict quality standards. Compare our peanut butter, canned beans, and cereals to the other guys. You'll see what we're talking about. Visit one of our six Manhattan stores in Tribeca, Bowery, Union Square, Chelsea, Columbus Circle, or the Upper West Side. Open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. For more information, visit www.wholefoodsmarket.com. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America. From border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are, the Nichols and May of the Now Generation, your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. All right, we're back. I'm Mike Edison here with Judy McGuire. Hello. Hello, and our special guest today, Handsome Dick Manitoba, singer of the Dictator's famous rock and roll band, uh, also the host of his own uh, Handsome Dick... Handsome Dick uh, Radio Manitoba Handsome radio, Dick radio program. Manitoba. Thank you. In Little Stevens Underground Garage, Sirius XM 21, weeknights 8 to midnight Eastern Time. Thank you. All right. And also the author of the official punk rock book of lists. Why would you go and mention that? Why would you mention that? <laughs> My long and illustrious career. Why would you mention that? That you're an author? Because somehow oh, being a mouthpiece on, <laughs> on a satellite radio you station is talking. more impressive you than are, writing a book. You are so proud that. You are the guy who got Handsome Dick Manitoba to put out a book. Are you kidding? You have now written more books than you've read. And this is a mitzvah. Nice. This is a oh, this is a mitzvah. I came across I came across water for this. <laughs> he comes across water. The first thing he says when he gets here is, "I hate Brooklyn." Brooklyn sucks. <laughs> Brooklyn doesn't suck. I grew up in New Jersey. Brooklyn sucks. <laughs> I, I, I know from suckage. Yeah, you just you just ended the debate right there. I grew up in New Jersey. You like took yourself out of the debate. I grew up in the Bronx. Brooklyn sucks, I'm telling you. He gets to the Roberta's restaurant, he orders some coffee, and starts complaining because there's no Splenda. 
Of course. Oh, that's that's a Manhattan item, isn't no, it? No, that's that's, that's a, a Manhattan that's item. Like, it's it's called choice. You know, like women have choice. You're a bro- I like sugar choice. <laughs> Comparing abortion to Splenda. <laughs> no, this is Nazis. This is like the, the, the sugar this, Nazis. We are food artists, and this is how you will eat our food. Oh, thank you. And you know what? You're doing okay. a really good job. Perhaps could I have this other choice? No, you have no choices. This comes from a guy, okay, who goes to pizza. I've been I've been with him to have pizza at uh, um, Five Roses when he used to live above, and he would bring his own toppings, <laughs> okay? He'd bring his own toppings. It was a very complex system. He'd go around the corner, get the sobrasada from his very specific deli, and then bring it in to the pizzeria and explain to them how he wanted it laid out on the pizza and, and how they, he wanted it cooked. And they did it. Oh, of course. Right. There's something very Jewish about that. It's, it's a control issue. It, it's, it's nice having the world in the palm of your hand. Speaking of the world in the palm of our hands, the rapture uh, came and went apparently. And, we and missed, we're still here. And I missed that bus. Yeah. We're not getting any younger, though. <laughs> I, every time I saw something about it online or in a paper, I just turned the page to the point at which I knew something wacky was going on, but I didn't want to read any of the details and I ignored it. And I just, every, I ran into people in the street and go, what is this thing about? Oh, this guy said the end of the world. I, I, I think it was the boring news story of the year. Well, I think the guy from France raping the girl in the hotel is a much better news story. Much bigger <laughs> news story. I love how the French newspapers are all talking about how he was a... Um, handcuffed! How do you handcuff him? They won't show... His, oh, you Dutch Americans! They won't show a picture of him in handcuffs, but they'll talk about the maids behind. <laughs> like her shapely behind, but Those no picture. Those wacky frogs. Yeah. Well, the perp walk is the ultimate in public humiliation. And I think that's where it comes the from. Walk? The perp walk. Have you ever been arrested? Uh, yeah, but I didn't do the perp walk. You didn't do the perp walk. You weren't important enough. That's why. I, no, I, got, pulled out of my, I got pulled out of my apartment, thrown in a van, driven around Manhattan, by because uh, I didn't pay, pay a, a, a fine at the bar, and I was handcuffed and driven around Manhattan for three hours, and then finally taken to court, because uh, it was the Warrant Squad. They were called the Warrant Squad. Oh, and they just go around and pick up other people, right? And sort of like a bad car It's my first year with... with my girl Zoe it's the Yankees Mets World Series year 2000 it's a knock on my door first of all nobody can get in my building by Five Roses Pizza there's no buzzer system this so, is true to go visit uh, you have Richard. to call you had to, to walk by the pizza ovens and around the ovens to go up yeah, the stairs I, or to have place. to go let them in through the pizzeria or I have to walk <laughs> down four flights of stairs I look through the people I see these six foot four guys with badges around their neck go we're the Warren squad come downstairs in five minutes or we're coming back to get you and, I was like, hamana, hamana, hamana. Did they, did they bring their own sobersada too? Did they bring their own toppings? Nice. <laughs> so next week is uh, Bob Dylan's birthday. He's going to be 70 years old. Wow. So, and, uh, you know, for a guy like Bob Dylan who started his career sounding like an old man, I, I guess this is, this is a good thing. This is fine. But uh, what do you do when you're guys like us who started our careers as punk rockers being young and now we're, uh, now try, we're old? Now we're old, still trying to perpetrate some sort of youth movement. Well, I went to Sephora yesterday and I bought a product that is guaranteed to make me look 20 years younger. That's what I do. You look dynamite. Thank you. It's my new expensive thing. <laughs> I can't give any secrets away, but yeah, that's what I do. What about you? What's your question? I, yeah. How do we stay young? Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Punk Rocker. I don't, I, you know how my trick is? And Tell I'll, me. Uh oh. I don't want to sound serious here or anything. <laughs> I just get up and I do what I got to do. I always think philosophically, I, I'm going to do what I got to do until I can't do it anymore. Right now, I could do it. So I get up, I take care of business. And I don't, it's, it's almost like, don't look in the mirror. 
Don't, don't, yeah, if you want to look in the mirror and see wrinkles and see your hair falling out and see how old you are and then feel bad about that, you can do that. Or you can just go, fuck it all. I'm just not going to pay any attention to it. I'm going to get up and go to my Little League game with my kid. I'm going to hang out with my beautiful girl and, and whatever that entails. And I'm going to live my life and enjoy my life because today I can. And I don't know what tomorrow is. Mean, I don't care what tomorrow is. The truth is, when I look in the mirror, I don't see 40-year-old Mike. I see 24-year-old Mike. Half the time, I feel like 8-year-old Mike. <laughs> I can vouch that you act like 8-year-old Mike. Do you think having a kid made you feel older or younger? Oh, are you kidding? Younger. Yeah? My yeah. friends always say it makes you feel older because you can see the passage of time in I another spent, human. I'm 57 years old. I spent four hours on a in a Little League field yesterday. Oh. Okay, so I don't know how that makes you feel. I didn't come home with any, any bruises. I coached a game. I played with the kids. I'm, I, I just get up and do it, you know? I think it's amazing. Well, I, I mean, have 57-year-old friends. How did that happen? No, but there are, there, are, there are moments where there are moments. It's not black and white like you feel. Oh, there are moments where I see a, a 19-year-old girls in the neighborhood sitting and smoking cigarettes and making out with their boyfriends. And I remember when they were in their mother's stomach. It's like yeah. there are moments, hey, that makes me feel old. So as most answers, they lie in the gray area. You know, I knew when I was getting old, a couple, there were a couple of milestones. One is I started being older than the baseball players. Right when I realized that I was older than the Mets' new phenom, you know this guy that I used to look up to. <laughs> that's that the, was like holy that's shit. That's the beginning. I'm older than you're older than every writer, <laughs> every archaeologist. <laughs> you're older than actually archaeologists are investigating you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, all, you, I always look. First thing I do is like, oh shit, I'm older than that guy. Holy mecca, I'm older than that guy. <laughs> well, you know, I'm still single, and the first thing I look for when I meet a woman is like the ring on her finger. My eyes go like laser yeah, beam to. right to her left hand. That was another sign. Oh uh, my. Maybe I'm not a teenager anymore. First thing, yeah. uh, first thing I yeah. ask is she likes her dad. <laughs> <laughs> she hates her dad. You're damn out of luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, you stumped us. Whoa. <laughs> stumped the van. God I had, damn. I was, I've I was, never seen Edison tongue-tied. <laughs> I mean, Sharky. I went out with a guy once who, on our only date, he told me how attractive he found his mother and how he had never dated anyone his own age before. <laughs> and how she was really hot, and um, I was much older than the women he usually dated. I was still younger oh. than him, but... Um, that's painful. That was really painful. That's sad. You know, another thing was when I started actually dating the school teachers. I mean, there was a time when I had my crush on Mrs. Crabapple, then there was a time when I was dating her, and it was perfectly appropriate. Miss Crabtree. Miss Crabtree. My my crush was uh, at the same fourth and fifth grade teacher named Miss Zingaro, Mary Zingaro, and we were all when she t- said she was getting married, we were all devastated. Uh-huh. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna out Richard right now as an old hippie. Yeah, because you, know, you are. Zoe, Zoe, my wife, she goes, you you can't be a hippie. She made this point <laughs> yesterday. Can't be a hippie and a punk rocker. At the same time. I said, well, I probably wasn't at the same time, but I wasn't the same lifetime. It was a transitional time, I think. Well, what's the difference? I was a shitty hippie. I was a bad hippie. (laughs) But I still like the Grateful Dead. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Boy, that's a nice way to treat your guests. I like something. Oh, this is the guy. Ugh. This is the guy who comes in. First thing he says is, "I hate Brooklyn." All right, Brooklyn all right, is so better than leaving. the Grateful Dead. Well, he took a look around. Wow. Yes. Boy, this is. Some, I don't even know where to go with that. He took a look around. He sized that. Richard, Richard was profiling. That's a. <laughs> that's a broad statement. Pro, it was profiling hipsters. 
I am. It's it's it, like anything else. Let's go to that gray area again. I spoke about Judy. You, there there are there are brush strokes to this place. You know, <laughs> there and some are like, wow, I love people that are passionate and love food. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't need oxtail marmalade in my life. You know? <laughs> well, I was, I, you know, here we are at Roberta's uh, Pizzeria here in Bushwick, uh, broadcasting from these uh, rescued con- uh, shipping containers. I always say the people at Roberta's and the Heritage uh, Food Radio Network, Heritage Food, are the kind of hippies I like. They're hardworking, you know, they're hey, clean, I, they're Mike, focused. I, I would kiss their ass if they gave me a radio show, too. You know? <laughs> hey, they're good hippies. And they give and us pizza. Hippies. And pizza. It's delicious. I'd do pretty much anything for a pizza. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, these guys are great. Like I said, the, the kind of I hippies know. I like. They're not the yeah. smelly slackers. You know, I'm pro pot. I'm anti slacker. Right, the it's always going to be. I'm one on one. The guy you introduced me to from the radio show was a lovely gentleman. All the people I met back here in the radio show were great. And uh, the kid who looked at us like we had four heads because we asked him to make the coffee hotter or we asked him for Splendor was like, you know, not my kind of guy. So what can I do? Uh, he's never seen a Jew from the Bronx before. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So some bad news this week. The passing of one dun, 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 dun. The passing of one of wrestling's greats. One of wrestling's most incomprehensible stars. Randy Macho Man. Randy Poffo. Randy Poffo. His Randy. uncle, his, br- his father... As a, as a, and his uncle, we were too, it's a whole wrestling family. That's right, and his brother, uh, Lanny Poffo. Who, he, was, uh, he was great. Absolutely one, one of the best. And um, it's amazing, the, the um, mortality rate in professional wrestling is well, absolutely that, insane. They said that was a car accident probably caused by the fact that he might have had an, an episode, like a heart attack or yeah. something, medical episode. But the first thing I looked at was how old he was. And I said, oh, shit, he's like a year older than me. Yeah, yeah. but he's been doing steroids his whole life probably. Yeah. That doesn't add to a long and, life. And, 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 and I've been gyms. doing milk and cookies my whole life. And the Slim Jims, you those, they can't possibly be helping your heart any. No, Slim Jims. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I'll tell you, the first time we saw Randy Macho Man Savage was the day I became my brother's hero. This is a good day because we were at Madison Square Garden, and I took him, it was 1985, and I think I was just starting at the Wrestling Magazine, the main event. I took him to see Randy Macho Man Savage and Hulk Hogan in a steel cage. And we were sitting right up front, maybe like eighth row ringside. And it was fabulous. Wow. And we're sitting there, and um, I was going to light a joint. We are going to get stoned on, you know, at Madison Square Garden. Back in those days, people didn't usually look at you twice at a big old wrestling match when you wanted to, like, spark up a joint. And there was a kid's birthday party going on, though, in front of us. Some guy had brought, like, 12 little kids. And we lit up the joint. The guy, the guy said, hey, what are you doing? You can't do that. There are kids here. At which point I said, and of course I'm all full of myself because I'm a 22-year-old punk rocker, I said, listen, Pops, if you really cared about your kids, what are you doing? Bring them to see two grown naked men gore each other to death inside a cage. <laughs> and apparently this resonated because he said, you got to point and sat back down and let's smoke our pot in peace. Wow. And my, bro- my brother still tells a story. Unbelievable. Wow. We love powerful, we- man. That was, that was good fucking. My, <laughs> my best wrestling um, event was uh, me and Scott and uh, five, I guess Andy was along with us, a whole bunch of us. Nick Tashi's, Richard Meltzer, an hour-long match, Bruno San Martino in early 70s versus Killer Kowalski. And there was a point at which Killer Kowalski was destroying San Martino, blood all over the ring. As it should be. As it should be. And there's like 19,792 good guy, you know, yeah. wrestling fans, <clears throat> baby faces, like it's this somber mood. Like they just heard 
President Kennedy was shot or something. And then me, Melter, Tashi, <laughs> we stand up and we just start like cheering. Like, like, and no, people looked at us like, what of is course, wrong? I, I was sick the, people. I was rooting for the Iron Sheik in 1986. That did not make me popular. God bless with, you, brother. With God other, bless with you. With the other 19,000 fans in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Have you ever rooted for a good guy? You ever rooted for a baby face? When the lines became hazy. Yeah, there was a point where, sure, no, no, it became yeah. very, very much a tweener. I, the, I chalk yeah. this up to like the moral ambiguity of the Clinton years. <laughs> <laughs> this is when wow. it happened. This is when it began to happen. Shit, hey, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. We're going to play a dictator song. I do want to plug our friends at uh, BaconDestroy.net who are holding the first wrestling-themed bake-off, Sugar Slam 2. So check them out at BaconDestroy.net, also on our Facebook page, The Mike and Judy Show. This is The Dictators. service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Every Tuesday at noon, Dave Arnold, the author of CookingIssues.com, will discuss new and innovative techniques, equipment, and ingredients. Call in with your own questions to see if Dave and the crew can solve your cooking issues. Again, that's Tuesdays at noon on the Heritage Radio Network. All right, and we're back. It's the Mike and Judy Show. This is Mike Edison with the beautiful Judy McGuire, truly too hot for television, and the man too bad for terrestrial radio, handsome Dick Manitoba, our guest What's up, yo? So, uh, Manitoba... Along with your many other accomplishments, you Could run... you make Mike lower in my earphones? Because it's, it's like friggin' nightmare over here. A friggin' nightmare. Who booked this guy? Um, how's it going down on Avenue B with your bar at Manitoba's? How are things shaking out down there? It's pretty good overall. We had a rough winter, like most people did, because of the, the economy. Goddamn Obama. And... Uh, <laughs> well, what, I and wonder. No, I it was really the cold weather that screwed us up. It was really the cold weather. You know who gives your bar a lot to love, at least on Facebook, is Roger Clark. I love him. Oh, Roger! Roger's a regular at Manitoba. He loves the bar. We want to try oh, and get him on the show. All right, I'll ask him to do it. He's a good friend. He's a great guy. Just had a baby, and he's uh, he's a Met, only downstairs a Mets fan. Met fan. Well, you're. I'll say this: you are a Yankee fan. How's as that loyal, for as loyal as they come. As loyal as they come when it comes to the New York Yankees. And I'll tell you what, I had a bad divorce with the New York Yankees. I mean, the Yankees and I fell out. It had it probably the seeds were planted in ninety four and the strike. I never liked their management. I know, you know, um Steinbrenner and his family. I mean they are creepy. Where'd you grow up, Mike? 
I'm a touch of New Jersey and Manhattan, New York City. I see. You could be anything. Yeah, I could be anything. Was your pop so a could baseball be anything. fan? No, but when I grew up, the Mets were definitely for losers. There's no question about well, it. Well, who was the, who was the male? In well, your on, life? My, on my on my who steered you? Well, you can't tell. There, I had no direction. <laughs> <laughs> I spent my youth desperately seeking floundering. <laughs> yeah, like an amoeba. He just took shape as he went along. No supervision. <clears throat> um, on my 15th birthday. Uh, Thurman Munson died on my 15th birthday. Really? August 2nd. And he was the first player I'd seen hit a home run, and that resonated with me. I became a Yankee fan. But all my little pals were, were Yankee fans. I mean, this was the era you know, of Reggie Jackson and, and Stoudemire and all these I, great I, guys I, and that I, great I gotta, team. I um, don't understand something about what you're saying. I, I was this fan, then I became that fan. Well, that's this what happened. This happened. It's not about traumas in life. You get the stamp, the brand, when you're a kid, and that's your fan for life. It's like, well, I really had, a, at which point had you, this girl I was banging, and she was a Met fan, so I became a Met fan, and I just stayed a Met fan. Yeah, well, the Yankees, at which point do you realize this is a one-way relationship? Is what I'm saying. All those years I rooted for them. All through the 80s, I went to 30 games a year. You know what I don't like? I don't like the way they treated Eddie Layton, the organ player. You know, they just sort of like, through attrition, they oh, sort of got rid of him. such a candy-ass liberal. Oh, please, candy-ass liberal. Oh, I don't like the way they treat him. I don't like the way it's they treated Torrey. It's a baseball Torrey. team. So what do you care? Don't work so for them. So at some point. Don't work for them. Exactly. The and guy hits the baseball. And exactly. I'm not even rooting for the players. I'm rooting for their shirts. I'm rooting for someone's laundry, for yes, Christ's sakes. Yes. You know, I don't even know who these guys are. Every you know, year, it's somebody different. But I, that's why do I have to take it? That's that's the nature of the business. Would you rather go back to a time where, where as as uh, Kurt Flood said, we were well-paid slaves when they had the same team and they couldn't move, but you got to love them because they were treated like crap? Well, one day, you know, Roger Clemens is my arch enemy. The next day, he puts on pinstripe and he's my best friend. No, no. That's not how I would put it. You know how I would put it? <laughs> yeah, well, I hate us. Roger Clemens. I still hate Roger Clemens, but he has pinstripes on. I will root for Roger Clemens. Not with any depth of heart, but with <laughs> at least on a, a skin level. Well... Yankees, like the rest of New York, has been uh, changing pretty steadily. What's going on downtown on Avenue B? Was, I'm getting away from this now. <laughs> the, bar, the bar's great. The bar's back on football. its feet. Its the, bar's good. great. And uh, it's a wonderful clubhouse that I've had for over 11 years. And it's one of the it's one of the last vestiges. Now that I found out that, I mean, this is, and I, and I kid you not, kids. Now that I found out that Jerry Lewis, after 45 years leave, leaving the Labor Day Telethon, it was like another nail in our cultural <laughs> coffin. And my bar... <laughs> is a little bit of an antidote to that. All right. Well, okay, so you've been sober for over 30 years, right? 27 and counting. Okay, 27 and counting. I guess when you started the bar, you were pretty firm in your sobriety and stuff, but do you find it sort of... Do you ever get tempted by being around drunk people, or does it help you? I never... To put it in a succinct way, I never wring my hands. I have passing thoughts. I have passing, I, I sigh at times. Right. When I look at De Niro in Goodfellas after the, the Lufthansa robbery, sucking on a cigarette and throwing down belts of whiskey, I sigh because uh, there's, a, there's, a, there, there's a time in my life, an age, and, and, a, and a, not having responsibilities and uh, having more freedom to be self-destructive where I didn't have to pay as many, obviously, as many obvious prices at the moment. There's a time that I guess I kind of miss about that. Mm -hmm. But I've never wrung my hands once. I have thoughts, feelings, maybe a dream every once in a while. But if it was something that made me wring my hands, I'd shut it down immediately because nothing is worth that to me now. Because right. the, the thing that's given me a good life is that. Right. And it's not difficult for me. And, and it, it's not necessarily that I did something with the work 
to make it not difficult. It's just, it's almost like I'm lucky. It's like going over to somebody. I can't take, I, I take credit for the work for the keep saying, don't do it, don't do it. But it's like some, going to someone who's six foot eight going, congratulations, you're tall or something. <laughs> like, it's like, congratulations. I just like some people can't open bars because they're wringing their hands. And like, I don't know if I did anything more right than them. It's just the way it is. Well, right. I hope I've answered well, that. I think you have. Thank you. Well, well with you, it's, not, it's also not just being behind the bar. You play in a rock and roll band uh, besides the Dictators. You play with the MC5 uh, now and again. Which I, yes. Um, and a, highlight, being a highlight on, of my long and illustrious career. Absolutely. And how's that being on the bus with these guys? That was amazing. The, 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 I've done about 30 shows with them or so. I don't know, just off the top of my head. But the best was... Uh, almost three-week tour of something like, oh, geez, like 11, maybe it was like eight countries or 11 countries. It was just amazing. You're bumping around on a bus, traveling around Europe, and you get off and you go do sound check, and you're, you're, you're you know, I pinch myself. I'm getting paid to sing Kick Out the Jams. That's amazing. It's, yeah, it's it's a good way to make a living. It's like Centerfield, That's New York Yankees. Right. The state of the art of punk rock, is that it? Where are we with all of this? Uh, are the dictators going to play again? What's up with you guys? Uh, you got to ask Andy Chernoff. He's the one who doesn't want to do it. Are you, are you guys, which one is Brenda in this relationship? <laughs> He's Andy Cher, I'm Sonny. <laughs> um, well, uh, this week we're also um, celebrating uh, the birthday of a Ramon. That's right, Joseph. That's right. And um, these guys, <clears throat> you guys all came up together at the same time, right? You guys, yeah. They're, they're the Queen's posse. You guys friends, fans, contemporaries. Joey, well, Joey and the Dictators were, were particularly close. We were, we, we, we had friendly relationships with the other guys, but Joey, Joey and Andy, Joey and I, we were friends, you know? Yeah, I'd always see Joey around, I mean, checking out the local bands. Yeah. Uh, he was definitely a fixture around the neighborhood. So I thought we were going to try an experiment today. I thought we were going to play a song, right? Very Let's good. Uh, celebrate uh, Joey's Joey. Remo- it would have been his 60th birthday. May 19th was also my parents' wedding anniversary. Um, this is, so it's a day I shan't soon forget. It's, it's a crazy thing. I mean, right? How did, how did this happen? How did we turn... Well, how did he turn 60? How did you turn 57? We're here. You know what, you know? man? I don't know and how I got out of that 24. era. Right? Yeah. I think I think once you're a Ramon, you don't age, right? These are the things. You don't age. So let's, uh, you guys chat amicably amongst each other while we set up the guitar. Amicably. <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> We're not going to get into like a brawl or anything, Mike. Thank you, though. Well, Thank you so much for, for coming down all the way out to Brooklyn, the borough that you hate. To be on our show, I really appreciate well, it. Let me put something back so I don't leave with, uh, you know, 100%, like 3 million people hating my guts who love Brooklyn. I'm a Bronx boy. Bronx and Brooklyn have always been at each other's throats, the Yankees and the Dodgers. But I will say this, and now I know I'm painting myself as a confused man. My son's middle name is Koufax. And that's a sports person, isn't it? Okay, that, 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 that had zero effect, Mike. He's uh, na- is a, it's a it was Sandy a, Koufax. It was, yes, he was a Brooklyn Dodger. Okay. He came up as a Brooklyn Dodger. So. I'm, I'm not all bad. <laughs> this is going to be great. Chewing at a rhythm on my bubble gum. Sun is out. I want some. It's not hard, not far to reach. We can hitch a ride to Rockaway Beach. Up on the roof, out in the street. Down in the pavement, the hot concrete. Bus ride is too slow. Blast out the disco on the radio. Rock, rock, Rockaway Beach. Rock, rock, Rockaway Beach. Rock, rock, Rockaway 
Rockaway Beach. Rock, rock, Rockaway Beach. We can hitch a ride to Rockaway Beach. Yeah! for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. <laughs>